Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hey ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We're glad you're joining us today. I hope your week's going well. It's always fun to meet you here, and today it's really extra special and maybe a little bit hard for me at the same time to meet you, because today I have a dear friend and a sister of mine and yours, many of yours, um, with me, Miss um, Aubrey. Hi, Aubrey. Hey, everyone. <laughs> so you know that voice. She's the lead-in voice for us, and a lot of you guys know her through Priority and a lot of the other work in our community. Ladies, I ask Aubrey to join us. I've been praying about this and and I've asked her, I'm looking for the right time. And I told her, I said, you know, would you join me on a podcast? Because I think think our friends are ready to hear from you. Aubrey is a dear friend, a dear sister, a colleague. And it was last fall in October that I had taken a day off work and was working in my little ice cream shop and just a pretty fall day. And I remember getting a call from my friend Aubrey, and it was not what I expected, but it definitely changed the course of the day. Aubrey, I know that that day rocked your world because I remember what it did to mine. <laughs> I remember in the posture of, of praying, you know, how, how do I walk with you? What does it look like to walk well with you, to love you well? And I've told you this many, many times over this past year. You have led so well during hard things, and I, I'm so proud of you. I I guess the reason I really wanted to invite you on today was because, you know, we've been talking about what does it look like to walk with God? What does it look like to abide with Mm -hmm. God? You had just came out of priority last year with our theme. You know, for two years, we taught Holy Spirit abiding, spending time walking with Him. You know, Ian Graham Lotz had told us, you know, you don't wait till the crisis hits, you know, to start walking, you know, but, but it's when you're already walking with God so close with Jesus that when a crisis hits, sometimes look Looking back, and you're almost at that year mark looking back, not that there's something magical about a year mark, but in looking back, you think, how in the world did I even get out of bed in the morning, let alone walk strong and make hard decisions? And that's what Anne said. That was the Holy Spirit doing it in her life. But that sometimes we think, what's wrong with us? How am I just walking this? So, you know, not easy, but I'm walking it. And it's the Holy Spirit in us. And that's that's really where I want to go today. Because, friend, I had an up-close personal seat. And I watched you leaning into God. I watched you walking with Him. But I also watched you doing it before the call came, October of 21. So that's where I'd like you to go a little bit with yeah. your, if you would unpack a little bit about, you know, the hard part and what, you know, what it meant. What was your faith like at that time? What was your what what was it like working that out with Jesus? I just want to give you the time to talk. No, I appreciate that. It was definitely a traumatic experience. And I guess I didn't really realize how traumatic it was for us at the time. I remember just walking back into my home after that phone call and all the events that had transpired that day and the very next day and the the days following, I I really didn't know what to do. What I felt compelled to do was I just wanted to open my Bible and find the red letters because Mm -hmm. I really just wanted to read Jesus's words and it didn't matter what they were at the time. I just wanted to read them because I knew that those were words that he said and that he spoke directly to people. And I felt like if I just read the red letters, that 
maybe it would be like God was speaking to me or Jesus was speaking to me through what I was reading because at the time I was just grasping for anything that could just give me any kind of clarity or peace or anything. (laughs) And it ended up being like, okay, I'm just going to open my Bible and read what the red letters say. And as the events continued to transpire over the next couple of weeks, I would cry out to God and and ask questions and and I I grew up in in thinking that asking God, you know, why was wrong. <laughs> and it and it's not because he wants us to have that conversation with him. He wants us to be able to speak freely and talk to him because he knows exactly how we're feeling. He knows those emotions. He knows all of that and he's completely relatable to us. So I was just like, I would cry out and ask, why me? (laughs) And I know that sounds crazy because it's like, you know, what I thought was this great life and not that it didn't have bumps and things like that, but why now? Like, why now? And so as I just continued to go every day, I would listen to worship music. I would make myself get out of bed and sit in the quiet and deal with whatever emotions that I was dealing with because it's not easy like it it becomes a when you when you separate and divorce it's a grief that is very different you're grieving the loss of what was or what could have been and so as you go through those I just remember there are many days where I would even come into work and say today is a sad day I'm having a sad day and just hitting those emotions head on was, I think, what helped me too as I processed them and walked them, you know, daily. I have never felt so loved and so supported in my entire life by my church, by my family, by my coworkers, who I consider family. I have really seen the church really be the church to somebody who is in crisis. Amen. Amen. Aubrey, several things that, that you're saying when you said you think you think God's okay with us asking the why, you know, for us having those conversations. And you talked about grief, you know, that, that you're grieving what was, you're grieving what could have been. And it's a different kind of grief through a divorce mm-hmm. than maybe through loss of a person. I'm thinking, I'm reminded of the book of Psalms, you know, um, that's what it is, right? We just, we walked through that last summer and as God prepared and brought you tools, you know, that you didn't even know you needed them in the doses that he brought them. But as we prayed as a as a team, we prayed through the Psalms through the summer and and learning that that was words that God gave us to learn how to speak back to him in different situations. And that concept of lament, crying out to God because he's the only one that's in control that can change anything. He's not caught off guard by it. But the peace in that, that the fact that we are lamenting, the fact that we are asking him the why or whatever your hard questions are, is proof of your faith because you're having the conversation with the only person that has the control, the power, the authority to change it or yeah. to alter it. So I think that's so refreshing and what you're and something I personally learned going through a going through a grief journey. But then on top of this, just because I've had that up close personal seat and doing my own prayer, like God, how do I walk with you through this? Observations on my part, you never ran, you never tried to hide. You know, um, we come around you to learn what does it look like to tap out, <laughs> you know, when you need to tap out. But you never ran. You 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 didn't you didn't try to dig yourself a hole and, and hibernate. Mm-hmm. Was that intentional or I knew 
Honestly, if I wasn't a Christian, I probably would have ran and I probably would have turned to alcohol or something else to um, to numb the pain and to not deal with it because nobody likes dealing with their emotions. <laughs> it's hard mm-hmm. and it's painful. And so I know because of my faith that that is the only reason why I am still even standing. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is the only reason why I'm still standing. And, you know, my decision for divorce did not come lightly either. You know, I had family that was telling me that I needed to separate as soon as possible and all those things. But I really wanted to make sure that that is the direction that the Lord wanted me to go. And so I took the time and I stopped and I prayed and I pondered and I really paused rather than making some rash decision because it's it's not fun. It's it's not something that is delightful. And so ultimately, just confirmation after confirmation, the Lord began to just reveal to me that that was the right decision. And I know that because I continued to be in the word, not every day sometimes, because it was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard to still continue to be faithful, but the Lord would just show up in little ways and reveal himself, even just mowing the grass. He would put a song in my my head and Mm -hmm. just remind me that he was still there Mm -hmm. and that he was still relevant and that I wasn't alone through this process, even Mm -hmm. though at times I did feel alone. I was not. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Aubrey, part of this past year also, you've had other losses. So you mentioned grieving, but then you lost your dear grandma. Yeah. And then a few short months after that, you unexpectedly lost your sweet father, yeah. too. So you had, a, you had a lot of loss this past year that brought its own, and you're still in a grieving process, yeah. but it brought, it brought grieving over different things, but it it was like a collective grieving. Sometimes it might have been a little easier to publicly grieve a loss of a sweet grandma, right. but it could have been digging down into a deeper grieving that needed to happen because loss of a marriage. Yes. Um, but this one's easier to talk about. Did you notice any of those overlaps or layered grieving? I guess <laughs> I don't know how to say that. But. Well, yes, because, you know, not that I'm an advocate for divorce. I think it's appropriate in certain situations, you know, but as a Christian and as a pastor's wife at the time, you know, nobody wants to publicly say, especially as a Christian, that they're divorced or going through a separation. It's hard because we want restoration. We want all of that stuff. But when we lost my dad in January to COVID from COVID, it was really tough and it was really hard hard and it makes me want to cry about it now because he was he was in his 60s and he had a lot of underlying factors and things but losing my dad unexpectedly he was sick and in the hospital for a week and then he was gone and then losing my grandmother two weeks later it was just a well, I had the order wrong no it's okay no it's fine it's it's just it was a lot of grief and I'm still processing through it I'm sure. still you know going through that but what I found is that when you're up front with your emotions and you stop and you live in that grief not for days but if you live in it for even just a few hours it helps you to better process and then it helps you the next time a memory comes up you know it may not take as long for you to, to be sad not that you're not sad or don't think about those people but 
hitting your emotions head on is what has helped me and just being very honest with my family and with my coworkers. And I mean, just this week, I think I said, today is a sad day. I'm having a sad morning because I woke up thinking about my dad. Mm-hmm. And, and so I would say that just walking and being honest with yourself and, and processing those things, journaling even and writing those things out helps you through that, especially when you're in a very tough season of loss. Yeah. Ladies, if you're listening in, I'm so grateful that Aubrey has joined me and and willing to share some of her story. And some of you guys may be finding yourself in the story. And there's there's a, a few things I share back with you. One, listen to what she's saying. She's talking about some of the rhythms. And I'm learning that word, fresh rhythms. What are some of the things that she did that worked for her? You heard her talk about worship music. You heard her talk about leaning into the red letter words, not just any scripture, but the, you know, the red letter words. She leaned into people. You know, there's times she said Jesus never leaves us or forsakes us, and he doesn't. And there's times he brings Jesus with skin on. He brings people around you at the right time. Sometimes they're complete strangers. Other times there are people that you've been walking life with in those in those inner circles. So she's talking about those rhythms and you know what does that look like in your life? You know, what are those rhythms, those things that you find yourself going to when you when when you know you need to be intentional because something's just a little off balance or life hits you and everything's off balance and you have to be intentional. Aubrey, something something that you said too is you're like you gotta recognize the emotions and deal with the emotions and and you know God gives us emotions for a reason. But we have to learn. It's a whole brain science thing, but it's got our creator that gave us the brain. So when those emotions hit us, it has to pass through this part of our brain that assigns emotions to, hey, whatever I just experienced, this part of the brain connects an emotion to it. But to get to the area of the brain that can think logically and critically, it's got to pass through the emotions. In other words, we can't let the emotions hijack us or we can make decisions. And you you alluded to that when you said, if it wasn't for being a Christian, I could have tried to numb the pain in one of a variety of ways. But that's what I think I watched you do. You were willing to work through the emotions to get to where you were making and really some almost like rapid fire at time, some critical decisions that had to be made in real time and walking a path that there were not a whole lot of guides that had already walked it to be able to say, oh, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think I mean that you didn't run away. You didn't try to hide. You brought things into the light of safe circles, um, trusted circles to help to help you navigate. But it it really was a, a new area for not only you, but for a lot of a lot of people. That's one of those moments, like I said, I'm just so proud. But I don't even know that you realized you were doing it. But I watched there. There's not a doubt in my mind. If we did an emotional intelligence assessment with you right now, your scores have increased because you've practiced and you've learned how to make rational, critical decisions in the midst of emotions without the emotions carrying it. Does that does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. How did you do that? Did you even realize you were doing it? I knew that I had to keep my life stable. And um, so that meant continuing on with, I have two teenagers at the time, and that meant continuing on with life and going to volleyball games and in all of those things. And I'll never forget walking into my church that, you know, just two or three days after all of all of the trauma and my church family came around us and just 
loved us and prayed for us. And that meant so much to me. And I knew I was scared and I was shaky walking into my church, but I knew that that's where I needed to be. I needed to be surrounded by the people who loved us. And I wanted to be with other believers. Mm -hmm. I really did. I wanted to be with people who were like-minded that knew our situation and knew what happened and could just demonstrate the ministry of presence of just sitting with us and being with us, crying with us and praying for us. And so I knew that I had to keep stability somehow and keep the routines, which you're calling rhythms now, you know, like keep those routines because that's what was going to keep me going, getting up, going to work going to church, going, you know, doing these things, getting up out of bed, having the motivation to say, okay, we've got this and this and this to do today. And I'm not going to allow my sadness or my feelings to keep me in my bed, although that's where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. So I think just keeping those routines and keeping that stability of, you know, especially for my children, I wanted them to see that when hard things happen, we stop and pause for a little while, but not forever and not for a long time. And I wanted them to see that it was Jesus. It was my faith. It was all of that that was keeping me motivated and keeping me going. I wanted to demonstrate that to them because I knew that one day they're going to face hard things too. And I wanted them to remember that notch in their timeline. Remember when my mom went through something traumatic, this is how she handled it. And I can only do that through the Lord's strength. Amen. Amen. You know, friend, I've told you this while you were going through it, but I say it now for ladies listening in, our friends, our sisters, you always had a kind spirit. You were never deceitful. You never wanted to hurt anybody that was involved. At times, I would watch you make decisions that almost gave much more than would have been expected or required because you wanted, you you were all about what God wanted to do in restoration. Absolutely. I wanted to look at them the way that Jesus saw them. And I knew that if I had that attitude or if I had that clarity, like, okay, how does Jesus see this person? Then that would soften my heart to recognize that although they're a sinner, I am also a sinner. And, you know, that God is capable of doing anything. Anything. And I wanted to look at them that way and recognize that, okay, it, when I'm approaching these things, and you're not the, the only person that has said that, and I'm not saying this to just be like, look at me, but I'm telling you, the only reason I was that way is because of Jesus. I mean, it, that is the only way that I could have looked through or walked through or approached or made decision. It was because of him. Amen. Amen. Aubrey, you, you've already said it best that you've seen the church be the church. Absolutely. And they showed up for you. And, you know, we have an audience listening in and I say this every week. So I'm going to give the commercial now. You are hearing the beauty of being part of a community, being part of God's church. Yes. So if you're not connected with us, get connected. You can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. Find us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women or check out our resources on our website at ibsa.org backslash women. But it's not just a game that we're playing. It's not just a social media feed. You're part of a community. Now, Aubrey, I know there's nowhere I could go that I wasn't asked. How's Aubrey? My phone blew up with text and messages. I mean, people ready. They just, how can we love on our sister? What did that feel like to have that community, the church being there for you? It was overwhelming. I had pastors and pastor's wives and 
church members from all over the state texting me. I would have never met those people, honestly, if it wasn't for an IBSA event. Like priority, you know, that's where you become friends and you just connect with these women who live in the northern part and the southern part and just, you know, central, just everywhere. I literally have friends all over the state because of the community and because of the connection. And just knowing that people were praying for me and praying for our family was overwhelming, but it was encouraging because I'm that person. When tragedy hits somebody or something traumatic happens or whatever, I'm that person that says, I'm praying for you. No need to respond. I love you. Um, you know, anything I can do, send snacks through Amazon, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Diapers, you know, they've got a new foster baby you know, send diapers through Amazon, through Walmart, have it delivered. You know, I'm that person. And to be on the receiving end of that was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It really was. And that's what makes me just so proud to be part of a community or part of, I guess I don't really know how to say it. It's just, it makes me so proud to be part of this because, the yes, the church, the exactly, church. yes. You just want people to come, yes. right? It's like, come, there's room at the table. You want to be part of the family yeah. because, this was the early church. Yeah. If somebody had a need, they were there. They yeah. were sharing everything that they had. You can't outgive God. I just finished a Bible study. Oh, ladies, you're going to hear me talk this a lot. The gospel <laughs> on the ground, it has rocked my world. But rhythms, right? And some of the rhythms of that early church. And this was such a key takeaway. And you're demonstrating it right here in your story that when persecution hit and they were scattered, right? They did show up at the temple three times a day to pray. And of course, there were the sacrifices. So they would fast two days a week, they would show up at the temple. But even when they were scattered and couldn't gather together, they continued to interrupt their day. And it was, they called it a, like a holy interruption because it interrupted their work to remind them of God's work. And I'm practicing some of those rhythms in my own life. Here's the takeaway that you're demonstrating. When they couldn't share space, they shared time. Mm -hmm. So all those ladies that just so wanted to be physically with you, because when you love somebody, right, and that news hits, you want to be there. You want to be in physical presence. But when we can't share space, we share time when we connect to the Father. And I know the prayers that were going up for you are rhythm. And don't tell me that God doesn't do supernatural things that only God can do in yeah. the midst of the obedience of His church coming together. And when you when your question can change from why God to what God. Yeah. Right? What God are you going to do with this? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I know he will make beauty from ashes. I know that. And I don't know what that looks like in the future, but I know the things that I've been through that I now can help guide or help walk with, you know, anybody that's been through what I've been through, just as somebody that has some familiarity. I don't have all the right answers, but I can be somebody that if this happens to them or happens in their church, that maybe I'm one of the first people that they think of to call. And what a privilege that would be that the Lord has given me that opportunity to do that. I've already watched you lean in. Like, we make ourselves available. I've already seen it. Okay, this is the part I hate. When we wind <laughs> down, when we wind down, you know the women you're talking to. How would you encourage them today or challenge them or spur them on? 
That's a big question. I would just encourage them to be their authentic self the way that the Lord had created them and use their gifts to disciple and to walk alongside, you know, somebody. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed with the work and the task of, you know, they have multiple friends who maybe don't know Jesus or who are maybe aren't as far along in their walk. And sometimes it's just taking being just a really good friend to one person. Just encourage them to let them know that they're not alone and that they have a friend that that is walking with them just through anything. It could be motherhood. It could be, you know, toddlers and babies. It could be teenagers or adult children. I'm learning adult children are just as hard as (laughs) as babies and toddlers. And so I would just encourage them to stay in the word, continue to abide, because that right there is your foundation. And that is what will continue to basically guide you through your own life to where you can minister to others. Amen. Amen. Friends, you're living out Acts 1-8. Sometimes we think the witness means we use our words and most of the time it's we're using our lives, right? Because we're going through hard stuff and people are watching and God puts your life on display to show a preferred future. And that preferred future is is Him. So good deal. Yeah. Hey, thank you. I know this was hard. So <laughs> thank you for the yes. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. All right, ladies, that wraps up today's podcast. And I know you don't want this one to end, right? So you guys all know how to reach Aubrey and we'll put her contact information in the episode notes. More importantly, if you need that person to listen, to maybe help you take a step alongside you, she's she's willing, she's willing. And so there, there's, there's another Aubrey in the community too. That's the beauty of the community. So thank you for joining us today. We want you to enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a wonderful weekend, a blessed Sabbath, and I'll see you back here next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.